One of the things I failed to consider when I started the expats was the hours. I've lived most of my life in Mountain Standard Time, but this podcast cannot function that way. It's 6 a.m. in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada right now, and being up this early has become the rule rather than the exception. But I have to say, the experience has been exceptional. I'll happily deal with the early and late hours of speaking with Canadians living all over the world to bring their stories to you, because I know you enjoy them. You email me often either because you want to share your own expat experiences or because you just like listening to the adventures of other Canadians. But you don't just have to rely on me for these experiences. About a month ago, the expats opened up both a Twitter account and a Facebook page. That tag at the end of the show about building a network of Canadians living abroad is a legitimate call to action. So like our page and follow us on Twitter and start forging these connections. Look for Expats Podcast on Twitter and point your browser to facebook.com slash expatspodcast and throw us a follow or a like. Because who knows? Maybe you'll make a friend or two and find yourself with a couch to sleep on the next time you're in Japan or Australia or Northern Ireland. Thanks for listening. And now, on with the show. About 390 million people live in South America. And while most of its population lives in coastal areas, there are those who make their homes in its sparsely populated interior. Ecuador is a coastal nation sandwiched in between Colombia and Peru. Its capital, Quito, is home to over 2.7 million people, about the same number of people who live in Toronto. And that's about where the similarities between the two cities end. Quito has half the footprint Toronto does. It's the highest capital city in the world, sitting at 2,850 meters above sea level. And because of Quito's historic city center, it was one of the first cities, along with Kraków, Poland, to be named a UNESCO World Heritage Site back in 1978. Join me this week as we take a trip about 25 kilometers south of the equator to Quito, Ecuador, on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Graham Smith, like so many Canadians living abroad, has that entrepreneurial spirit. It's what led him to a master's program at the University of Calgary, what brought him to Quito in the first place, and what compelled him to buy a company there. So originally, I came here to... So there's an there's a environmental um, master's program out of the University of Calgary, and they held the program here in, in Ecuador um, out of the Latin American Energy Organization, it's kind of where it was headquartered out of. So I, I spent uh, almost two years in that program and then decided to stay because I also have family here. Um, my father is here as well, and he's a geologist, and we decided that... Um, we would kind of take a dive and, and do something a little bit adventurous and, and there was some pretty good market opportunities for the, the types of consulting services that we could provide. So we, uh, 
we landed up opening a business here. And w- was it hard to to establish a company there, or were there different hoops that you would have had to jump through in Ecuador compared to Canada? So the company we we had actually bought a, a company that was uh, that was owned by a, another Canadian company that was leaving the country. Um, so I guess the initial the initial um, um, barriers, if you will, were. Uh, related to you know ma- making contacts and it's um, it, it takes quite a while, particularly within government, to to kind of establish those co- those those contacts. So, uh, how long have you been living in Ecuador? Been thirteen years. Oh wow! Okay. When you initially made the decision to go over there, uh, was it was it a tough one or was it was it pretty straightforward for you? It wasn't. It wasn't difficult initially because I was just coming to to do my master's. The decision to stay was a little bit was a little bit tougher, um, but in the long run, I I also landed up meeting someone here and I landed up marrying her. So um, <laughs> that that made things that made the decision a little bit easier. It was um, um, you know it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been fair at the time to to move her away. Um, right away so i think it was the it was the best decision that i could have made is there anything that you miss uh about canada stuff that you think about over the last 13 years that that you wish you could experience where you are yeah i mean it's uh on a bunch of different levels now now that i have three kids um you know you obviously miss the the safety and security that you have in canada and and that i think a lot of people really take for granted when you have uh you know, neighborhoods and cities and all the kids go out in the street and play together and stuff, which is how, how I grew up. Um, that just doesn't happen here. And then, you know, from a schooling point of view, my kids have to go to private school here. Um, the public, the public system in Canada, I mean, depending on where you are, but it's a, it's a fairly good system. Um, and it's free, right? So that's another thing. Um, obviously I, I really miss being from Calgary, um, mountains, winters, um, skiing, snowboarding. We do get to play hockey here. We've got a, there's a half size rink here in Quito. So we do get out in the ice and we do have a kind of an expat team that we've formed. Um, family, of course. And, you know, there's certain things in Canada that just work really well, you know, whether it's banking or, or, you know, even, even getting in lines in supermarkets, it's a, a lot more chaotic here. Um, Driving and traffic here is pretty chaotic, and I think in general, what Canadians tend to have a lot of is uh, solidarity, and they tend to think of the greater whole um, a lot, and and uh, that's not always the case um, down here. You mentioned uh, you mentioned kids playing outside in safety. Can you sort of describe that a little bit more? I mean, I know we are a relatively safe country in Canada, but what is it? What is it that? What are the considerations that that uh, make it so that it's not always right for the kids to go out into the street and play? Well, you know, a, a good chunk of the expats here would be living in a kind of gated community. Um, I I don't. I I live outside of the city um, in kind of a rural setting, but you have to have you know these giant concrete walls around your kind of enclosing off your property, and then on top of that. Um, We've got electric fences, um, and that's just 
as a precaution because of the the possibility of a of a home invasion. So my kids, obviously, you know, I'll take them out outside of the property, but they'll be with me. I can't let them go run around by on their own. And they've they've lived that way their whole lives, right? So for them, it's it's not unusual that that that's the way of the world for them. They think that's normal. Okay, I wonder what it would be like if. Uh, if you guys were living back here, I wonder what they would think about just going oh, out I, and doing whatever. I think they, I think they'd, uh, it w- I think it'd be a pretty big shock because they, um, you know, you just think about the the number of parks that are around um, in cities and 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 towns in Canada, and um, and you know, kids kind of have a free reign when they go there, and and here, um, you just you know you you have to keep an eye on them just to to make sure that that. Um, Nothing bad happens. Yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned uh, you mentioned actually missing snow, which is something I'd never actually heard an expat <laughs> say. Well, I live I live in a climate that's kind of it, it never changes, right? I I mean we've got a dry season and a and a rainy season. We're up at uh, well where where I have my house is maybe at about um, eight and a half thousand feet or so, but it's kind of uh, you know every day is between twenty twenty five Celsius. Um, gets down to 10 at night more or less and that's just it's kind of you know it's like the movie Groundhog Day I, <laughs> it's always it's always kind of the same which I'm definitely not complaining about I mean it's a it's a really it's, it's probably one of the best climates that I've ever seen um, it's not very humid but when you're I think when you get you know when you're when you grow up in with winters and changing seasons it's uh, in my case, I like to do, do a lot of um, outdoor sports, so it's something that you that you do miss. I mean, we it's obviously here we've got other opportunities. We've got the we do have mountains here that and some of them that are capped with glaciers, but it's not you know you you get up to about sixteen thousand feet and that's where you have permanent glaciers. I can take my kids to the Amazon. They're they're in the Amazon in three three and a half hours down to the beach on the Pacific in about uh, four hours. So, you know, we've obviously got other types of activities that we can, that we can do, but um, I do miss the snow. <laughs> yeah. But, but it sounds like you've, you've had the opportunity to explore not only Ecuador, but, but some of the, the areas around it. Um, have, you, are, have you traveled around a lot of other parts of South America? I've traveled to, you know, Brazil, Bolivia, um, Peru, Colombia, through Central America and, and some of the Caribbean, um, but we've also we've also had projects in both Bolivia and and Colombia as well. You've been there a while. You've got you've established your family down there. Have you th- given much thought at all to ever moving back to Canada, or does it feel like Ecuador is probably the place for you guys to stay? I, I think we've we've talked about um, going back to Canada. It could be Canada. Or it could be. Um, U.S. or Europe as well, but um, probably within five years. I, I you know, we, we kind of want our kids to, uh, before they actually get into university, um, get into the rhythm of things in a, in a school, in, in one of those, con- well, in most likely Canada, um, just so that they're they're ready for, you know, full English in in university and everything. Oh, so this is more, uh, or maybe partly because you want to prepare the kids for post-secondary. Right. Um, do you have any advice to people who are thinking about, you know, maybe uh, spending 
some time living abroad. Is there any, are there any tips that you would give people thinking about that? Patience. <laughs> that's, the, that's the, that's the number one, that's the number one, um, I guess, quality that, that someone who, who's going to spend some time in another country needs to learn because it, there's obviously a lot of, uh, differences cultural, culturally wise, um, and, and you really, and, and you really have to respect, you know, where you're living. And, and so here, you know, as an example, setting up, a a, a meeting with someone, they never arrive on time. And, <laughs> and, um, and as a Canadian, you kind of take that as a, as a certain level of disrespect and it's not, it's, that's just how, that's how things work. So it's, uh, I, I've definitely garnered a lot of patience, um, over the last 13 years because <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't patient to, to begin with. Uh, you mentioned, you know, an expat community, although you, you know, you're, you're not living in this, in the city necessarily, but are there a lot of other Canadians that are living in Ecuador that you see on a regular basis? Um, there used to be quite a large expat community here of both Canadians and Americans um, working in the oil, oil and gas and uh, mining industries. Um, that's, really, that's really shrunk in the last five years. So um, I do have some, some expat friends, but most of the people that I socialize with are, are Ecuadorians. I guess, it, I mean, it, it's been, I, I consider myself very lucky. Um, and I've, you know, in 13 years, I've, I've definitely um, etched out a pretty unique skill set, which will, you know, if I wanted to go somewhere else to work, I'm, I'm not very concerned about finding employment, um, especially if it's something that's focused on, on the Latin American region. So, I mean, I, I think some people um, are worried that if they spend too much time, that they'll kind of fall out of... Um, fall out of the job market when they go back. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that I've seen is that you, there's not many people, in my case, with the same type of skill set that I have. So it's, it's pretty marketable. Just, just from being like having an international experience. Yeah, and, and understanding, you know, in, in, in the, the work that I do, I have to understand a lot of, the, um, you know, the legal, legal system, um, mm -hmm. obviously language, um, obviously, cultural differences—you you, you, you learn all of that, and and so it's something that, if I were to look for for another job, it's something I could I could definitely sell myself with. I'll have to come for a visit one of these days. For sure. <laughs> you may not know this, but at the end of most of the interviews I do, I actually do ask the expats I'm speaking to if I could come visit them one day. And just as Graham has demonstrated this time around, every single one of them is generous with their time and willing to host world travelers as well, which is amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's continue building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you like this episode, do me a big favor, leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. Bye.